Hi, I'm John. And I'm Paul. And this is the Minute Podcast. If you give a mouse a cookie, I'm pretty sure he'd write a book. But give us 60 seconds of footage and we'll tell you where to look. With a concept this simplistic, it's hard to say if it'll last. But give us just a minute and we'll give you a podcast. The Minute Podcast. Great, thanks for joining us for another episode. As you might know by now, the Minute Podcast is a weekly conversation between John and myself where we review a listener-submitted minute of content, either from TV, movie, somewhere else on the internet, and we talk about it, try to orient ourselves and figure out what the heck's going on. John, what are we looking at today? All right, today we're watching a clip from Midnight Cowboy, uh, supplied by Jean-Claude. Ooh, excellent. And this week's episode is brought to you by celebrity chef Hugh Blapron and his new cafe chains being open in D.C., focusing on fresh ingredients, excessive packaging, and gentrification. In order to get your... <clears throat> Great. Swedish chef. Ep- Swedish chef. He's brought to you. He's also Swedish. Yeah. Now I'm going to do it again real quick. Uh, no problem. Yep. <laughs> Great. And this week's episode is brought to you by celebrity chef Hugh Blapron. And his new cafe chains being open in D.C. that we're very excited about focuses on fresh ingredients, excessive packaging, and gentrification. You can visit hughblaproncafes.com slash minutepod to get your New Year's Eve reservation today. I know I'll be there. What about you, John? Uh, uh nope. <laughs> I'm going to be in Michigan. Ah, well, I've often said it's the D.C. of that area. Yes, of the upper Midwest. That's the one. Yep. Definitely not Chicago. It's Michigan, the state. Pure Michigan. Yep, pure Michigan. All right. So uh, let's start with our level of familiarity, Paul. Uh, I'm kind of familiar with this movie. Uh, Not like I've never seen it before. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do know that it is a um, sort of a seminal role for Dustin Hoffman. Uh, How about you? Yeah. Well, it falls into that category for me of, uh, you know, we're sent something and I see what it is and I immediately think, no, of course we can't do that because I've seen that movie. And then we, I go in and I look at the clip and I am reminded that, you know, no, I actually have never seen this movie. I know nothing about it. I just <laughs> assumed that I had because I, I'm an adult. So I thought, of course, I have seen Midnight Cowboy. It's that movie with the cowboy and Midnight. Yeah, uh, exactly. With the cowboy and the Midnight. Uh, I assume that Cowboy is the name of the man in the red shirt, and then Midnight is the name of Dustin Hoffman's character. I think Midnight's actually the name of his horse. Of his horse? Okay. Mm. Um, It must be expensive to stable a horse in New York City. You have no idea. Neither do I. (laughs) Good to know. Great. But a quick intro to what's happening in the scene. There's two men in an apartment, kind of crappy apartment. One serves the other one some sort of food. Artistically crappy. It's true, though. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're talking. One serves the other some sort of food and then sits down to peel a coconut while they keep talking. That he does. Yep. Well, John, would you rather be Joe or Ratso? Uh, I think I'm going to be Joe. Okay. I think, you're, I think you'd be able to do a better Ratso voice. Wouldn't it have been nice if I had thought about practicing that impression before <laughs> right now? <laughs> uh, let's, let's do this unfiltered, Paul. Unfiltered. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Smells worse hot than it did cold. All right, Stott. Tomorrow you cook your own goddamn dinner. Why don't you get one of your rich Park Avenue ladies to cook for you? 
Look, I'm eating it. In a penthouse. I'm eating this shit, Ratso. Mmm. Good. Gotta get out of here. Gotta get out of here. Miami Beach. That's where you could score. Anybody could score there. Even you. In New York, no rich lady with any class buys that cowboy crap anymore. They're laughing at you on the street. Let's see. I am fascinated to hear what that sounds like later. Uh, it sounds nasally. <laughs> which, well, is a, that's... Which, which is appropriate, because Dustin Hoffman was delivering those lines. Well, we'll, we'll have to see. I'm horrified to hear it. But, John, what is your first reaction to this uh, clip? My first reaction is, wow, this is a really crappy apartment. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's sort of crappy in, like... Th- Everything is crappy in this apartment. Like, there's no inch of this apartment that isn't crud or something's obviously stolen from a diner. Like, the napkin holder is stolen from a diner. I was going to bring that up. I was totally going to bring that up. Yeah, the sugar uh, glass is obviously stolen from a diner. Like, like everything here Mm -hmm. seems to be, like, probably stolen. Like, I don't know if they're squatters. Uh, I mean, I know they're, like, male prostitutes. or, Or at least the cowboy guy is a male prostitute, I think. So, like, yeah. I just don't really know. I, I just don't get why this, this place is so, like, thoroughly horrible. Like, it it feels yep. like they, they, they told the set person, like, make mm-hmm. this look like nobody lived here, and yet this place is so worn down and worn out that it looks like every part of it has been worn down. Like, there's not a single corner in, in this place... Uh, of wood that doesn't have a nick in it. Well, it's true, and and I think in a minute we should talk through the other various ways in which this apartment is terrible, because it it definitely is. But my first reaction was actually, I wonder how much that apartment would go for in New York City today. (laughs) Oh, Because I'm thinking, like, three grand a month. Uh, Oh, yeah. At at least. Look how big that ceiling is. I couldn't afford to live there. Yeah, the square footage? Yeah. I mean, and, and... Comes with cabinets? Yeah, with cabinets, exactly. And, uh, yeah, and obviously a window. So it's not Most a basement. Most one, at least. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's no glass in the window, but the window, I mean, I guess it comes with a hole in a wall then. Yeah, mm. it does come with a hole in the wall. Well, let, let's talk about the other ways in which this apartment is crappy, John. I'm, I noticed a couple things. First, you've got the broken window that seems to be covered in paper. Yeah. You've got the, uh, cabinets with no handles at all oh yeah and they're all hinged out like about an Mm -hmm. inch out so like you're gonna hit your head on that i mean you definitely will but also you can tell they used to have handles oh yeah they were like somebody stole the handles like i i don't know how much can you get for a handle how crappy like like either maybe they were really nice handles i don't think they were nice no i don't think they were nice handles either yeah it also looks like the entire kitchen has been lightly burned Yes, it does, and, especially and around, like, mm-hmm. certain areas. There's just, like, big old black scorching arcs, it looks like. It's true, and as you mentioned before, um, napkin dispenser, everything else on the table does look stolen. Yeah. Which is a bold move. I mean, did you, like, go into rob a diner and you <laughs> also took these things, or yeah. did you somehow sneak that out in your pants? I'll take everything out of the cash register and the sugar and the canister and the napkins. And the napkins. And, uh, yeah, a few forks if you have them. Yeah. Clean so forks, I'm, people. 
that diner wouldn't have clean forks. No. But I think you also raise a very good question of are they renting or are they squatting here? Because I can't really tell. Yeah, I can't tell either. I mean, like, this is what, 1969 that this movie was released? Like, New York in the 60s has got to be pretty rough, right? Like, I'm sure it depends where you are, but yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, no. I, I, I mean, like, there are rough places in New York, basically. Like, like mm-hmm. as opposed to now, which, you know, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's still rough places in New York, in, like, Manhattan or whatever. But, like, not not like this, necessarily. Like, this this would go for about six grand, it, it, six you grand know, a month. For the footage alone. Yeah. John, did you notice what Joe is reading as he's eating this um, sort of dinner? So I didn't notice it until I read your notes, and he is reading a comic book. Which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. Somehow uh, to me, there's, there seems to be a disconnect between male gigolo and comic book. Well, do you think it's like a... Oh, excuse me. Do you think it's um some sort of... Like... Innocence thing? Like, uh, you know, he's he's just doing this. He's like a simple guy. Maybe he's not like, I mean, dressing up like a cowboy in New York as a male jiggler just doesn't really feel like a an adult decision, so to speak. Like, it feels more like like it is a weird move. Yeah. Like it's like a costume and all this sort of stuff. So it feels kind of like a kid thing. Maybe maybe that's supposed to be it. Or maybe he's just like they're saying, like, because in 1969, comic books were not. At least I don't think they were commonly read by adults in general. I think they were pretty pretty standard kid fare. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right. The the weirdest thing for me about this comic is it looks so much nicer than everything else in the shot. Oh yeah. So it, I I think the comic actually represents his idealized version of self, John. Maybe his goal is to be the sort of Superman, if you will, <laughs> to rise above his station and to stop eating whatever it is that Ratso has cooked. Yeah. I mean, why would you eat anything a man named Ratso cooks you in general? No, um, I, I wouldn't. John, do you have a theory as to what he is being served there? Uh, beans? It's, it is sort of orangey red. Could be beans. Yeah, I think it might be like beans. I think it's beans. I just think it's baked beans. Big old plate of beans. Yep. I mean, he does say it doesn't smell good. Let me see if I can get to a shot where he's, like, scooping out. No, it's, like, perpendicular to the the camera the entire I don't think time. It, yeah, I don't think it's exactly beans. I think it's, like, a canned pasta in red sauce that he just heated up in a pan for some Oof. reason. Oh, yeah. It feels like, you know, in the early 70s, late 60s, where they'd give you anything in a can, like bread in a can, pasta in a can. Oh, man, pasta in a can. I guess it's just Chef Boyardee, isn't it? Yeah, basically. So crappy Chef Boyardee. Chinese food in a can. Ooh. Shrimp in a can. Enough. I don't want shrimp out of a can, but still enough. Uh, Let's talk about about some of the fashion choices we have going on here. Yeah, I want to talk about this cowboy first, John. All right. Because you and I are from an area in which there may not be bona fide cowboys, but there are definitely people who work with animals and there are farmers and things. And we know how... A real cowboy might dress. Uh, yeah, like with Carhartt clothes mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> from the how, Tractor Supply Company. 
I, I, I was going to bring up tractor supply in our last episode talking about roosters, but decided not to. Okay. Um. So the so he's wearing what looks like uh applique roses or what kind of flower? Like it's not a word with which I am familiar. Applique. Applique. Uh, it's basically like like it's uh taking a pattern or a piece of fabric and then uh attaching it to another piece of fabric. So like it's a design that's been applied to his shirt. Uh, and so like I I don't think they're roses. I think they're some other type of flower, probably something more Western or Texan or something. And then there's also stars on each of his shoulders. So like there's roses over like the, you know, like. Outside of his collarbone, but still not out to like his literal like shoulder like right you know area, and then there's stars right over top of his shoulders. So it's it's very cowboy themed. There's pearled uh pearled buttons, and then he's double pockets, uh one on each side of his chest. So he's he's a very fly like he he sort of takes up half of the um the shot for for the entire minute. And uh, it's mm. very, I don't know, it's very um, reddish-orange, bright red color. It, re- it really is. He, he just strikes me as looking the least like a cowboy of anybody I've ever seen who was trying to dress up as a cowboy. As if maybe this is what people who've never left New York City or any other large you know, metro area in the 60s would have thought a cowboy would look like. So it's very like, Roy Rogers. It's like those, like... Uh, he got his salsa from New York City. <laughs> New York City. New York City. Exactly. Yes. So, like, he's the New York yes, City cowboy making salsa. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I like how I... we both thought of that same commercial for <laughs> Pace Salsa. Exactly. Uh, not a sponsor, although they could be if they wanted. They could, uh, but then I'd have to stop making up jokes about Hugh Blapron, and just, I don't think I'm willing to do that. We'd just have two sponsors then. We'd have a real one and a fake one, and it'd be up to you to decide listener anyway so uh <laughs> what do you think he's reading paul like i, I mean, actually we think know it's, it's a probably com- just a superman comic something you, pretty standard like there's it, there's nothing in the shot to identify it which makes me think it's actually something they couldn't get the rights to so something expensive like a mainstream superman yeah or do you think do you think maybe because he's reading a comic book do you think it's like he could be reading like a Lone Ranger comic book or like a Zorro comic or something. Oh, like maybe that. he's trying to learn how to cowboy a little better. Yeah. In character. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. I buy that. Yeah. And, uh, and so now we can move on to Justin Hoffman's attire. Uh, he, as, he's dressed like a rat. So yeah, he's definitely dressed like a rat. So, uh, is that a leisure suit top that he's wearing? Like, what is that? Top? I thought it was a button down, but just kind of grimy and gray. I don't know. It it looks it looks sweatery material. Yeah. I don't know. He is dressed in no way like a prostitute or gigolo or, or someone. A cowboy. <laughs> or well definitely a cowboy, yeah. No, true. He's definitely Although not he's he's, like a he's dressed more like a cowboy than Joe is, I think. Like that's in true. real life. That's that's true. Uh I guess a leisure suit is a bit closer to uh Carhartt than, mm, it's than true. not. Uh so well, what do you what do you think the relationship between those two is, John? That one's cooking for the other. I can't tell who's the leader here. They seem to be in different lines of work. Like, are they are they lovers? Are they 
I don't think they're lovers. You don't think they're lovers? No. Um, I don't know. Like, I can't tell. I think it might be because they're they're bickering in this scene, and I don't know if that's like a normal, like if that's just their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, are they brothers? Interesting. You know, I think that would fit with what we've seen of the film. They don't look like brothers. No. And I think that uh, Ratso has more of a vibe of someone who's been in the city longer, took Joe under his wing, maybe, when he came to town. Yeah. So I don't know about brothers, but maybe something akin to that. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. It's very difficult figure out like i don't know maybe they're just roommates and they just ended up like bonding in this way i don't know um it's possible or is ratso his pimp like could could that be a thing i thought about that but he doesn't seem to have quite enough um power maybe in the dynamic there so maybe he's he's filling that pimp like role something pimp adjacent pimp adjacent well pimp light all right diet pimp so my next thing paul is the hell is he doing with that coconut? Why does he have a coconut? Before we even talk about why does he have a coconut, how can they afford a coconut? That's true. This and a place... coconut-specific tool that he has there. Oh, yeah, the coconut cracker, I assume it is. I think it's a peeler and a cracker. So not only why do they have a coconut, what are they doing with the coconut, but they're clearly broke. How do they have enough money to have a coconut and coconut-specific implement? Oh, yeah. No, he, he has a coconut-specific implement. Maybe he stole it from a diner. Uh, Actually, maybe. Yeah. There's also the fact that, like, you just sort of wonder, like, the coconut's just sitting on the shelf. First mm-hmm. off, are, are coconuts shelf-stable? Like, like you don't need to refrigerate them, right? I've never tried You don't need to refrigerate them. them, but he clearly has an old coconut in his hand. Yeah. Well, like I mean, the he, coconut meat and milk does not last forever. It dries out. It turns into that brown husk. Ooh. Ugh. So, so yeah. So he's got a coconut. And he's just gnawing at it, basically, with this like barbed metal thing, uh, mm-hmm. coconut opener, I assume. Yeah. Uh, is he gonna pour it into his coffee? Because he's holding a coffee too. I really don't think so. I don't think he has any plan. For the coconut, I think it's just supposed to give us an additional sense of desperation on their part, as if they're willing to try to eat a coconut, they're clearly not doing great. Where in reality, the cost of getting a coconut and coconut cracker, peeler thing, whatever, yeah. in New York in the 60s, probably pretty high. Yeah, because coconuts don't really grow in New York, so... <laughs> I really thought you were going to say coconuts don't grow on trees, John. Yeah, uh... They don't. They grow on uh, bushes. I don't know. No, they they definitely grow on trees. Uh, are coconut trees actual trees? Or wait, no, no. They're, that's I think a different they are. thing. It's pineapples Pi- that are not. It, it's pineapples and um, some type of palm isn't a tree. It's just a bush that grows in a weird way or something, right? Like I don't know. Never mind. It, it sounds right. It's, Either way, it's off topic and great radio. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, so he's got this coconut. We haven't even addressed, like, what they're bickering about yet, really. Like... Well, I I think if we get to that, we sort of have to talk about our theories for the show, though. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so Paul, what is your theory for the show? Well, I I alluded to it a little bit earlier. I think that Joe has come to the big city. He met Ratso. They're, you know, living together in this crappy apartment. 
Joe is trying, with Ratso's help, to scam rich dames mm-hmm. in the big city. Uh, it's not going well. He may have some Park Avenue ladies, but doesn't seem to be very effective. I think he's wearing his only set of clothes, and uh, he's not doing that well where Ratso clearly wants him to move to a more receptive market. Cowboys are kind of played out. And I think that the cowboy does end up meeting a nice lady in New York, and he gets out of the game. He tries to get out of the scam game, and uh, Ratso's not happy about it, but fuck that guy anyway. He can't cook. <laughs> um, That's a good theory. I'm not really sure mine's any better. Like, I, like, I, I think, I think your theory is way more likely. Uh, I think mm. Ratso. I have a feeling Ratso is not a healthy person. Uh, Doesn't seem to be because uh, Joe, although he's obviously wearing his only pair of clothes, set of clothes, mm. uh, he doesn't seem to have like dirt on his face. Whereas Ratso kind of looks unhealthy. So, yeah, I'm kind of wondering if maybe, like, is Joe taking care of Ratso, but also, think, like, mm-hmm. for a place to stay or something? Like, is that is that his thing? Like, is he providing so that, that Ratso has, like, a place to live and not, like, die out on the street or something? I think it might be a codependent thing in okay. reality, where Ratso... Um, where Joe's bringing home some amount of money to pay for things from these rich dames. Yeah. But I, th- I feel like this is Ratso's place. Huh. Looks like it, a Ratso's it place. It does look like a Ratso's place. Um, yeah, I don't hmm. know. It's it's hard to tell because, like, it's it's an... I'd imagine... I think it's an Oscar award-winning film, I imagine. Uh, mm. Probably because of... Uh, the Hoff. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm guessing yeah, I'm guessing he won the Oscar. Yeah. Or best film, I don't know. So I I don't know what the film is about other than a male prostitute that dresses like a cowboy and they're in New York. Do you think he's a prostitute though and not running some sort of scam? Maybe he's running. I'm pretty sure he's a prostitute. Uh I think he's a I think he's literally just being paid for sex and the, you know spending some time with these people. Uh I don't think I don't think I don't think he's a scam artist. I I think I think his character is supposed to be too stupid for something like that. Uh it could be. And not because he's a cowboy. There's plenty of smart cowboys. It's just like the reading the comic like I this feels like they're hinting like 1969 version of this guy is not an adult. Like he he's he's an adult man but not, yeah. but not an adult in like in in like you know, personality. Uh, he might not have like the same sort of like priorities that that somebody who can take care of themselves would have. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. The only reason I think he's not a prostitute is that Ratso's talking about a score, like he's going to score uh, big in Tampa. Whereas, like, if he's just a prostitute, I guess he's yes. looking to score, but it, it, it's I guess different. That's true. I guess it's true. Score is possible, score though. is a weird a weird word for that. I like it though. Yeah, you know, it, it could actually be that we're both right, and he is both prostituting himself and scam. trying to scam some dames. I mean, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. Am I right? I'm really uncomfortable with your use of the word pound in that <laughs> sentence, John. Okay. Um, but based on everything that we know, 
do you think we can recommend what I believe to be an exceptionally good film? Uh, to yes. The audience? I mean, like, nothing about this is like, yeah, I'm going to go see that movie. But nothing about this also, like, said, like, oh, I would not like this. Like, like I yeah. like I could totally sit down and watch this movie. Uh, and probably only have not because it just randomly wasn't on, I don't know, TNT while I was just sitting there. Like, that's... that's how I usually watch movies of this vintage from uh that that would be like major Oscar Oscar winners or something like that. How about you Paul? What do you, do you recommend this movie? Yeah, it seems pretty good. I guess we should watch it. Yeah. I like I mean I like Dustin Hoffman's acting. Uh mm-hmm. the cinematography is very good. Like I mean it's yeah. very simple obviously for the shot which is basically But it's well done. Any camera, but yeah, there's nothing offensive about it. The set is interesting. Well, John, before we leave, I want to circle back to the tractor supply and uh, ask you, what's the weirdest thing you've ever bought from a tractor supply? I've bought from a tractor supply. Yeah. Um, I mean, probably jam. I haven't bought a lot from a tractor supply store. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Mm. I've been in there a lot. It's just I go with family members who are buying something. I'm not usually in there to buy something specific. I see. Uh, yeah. I do love when they get the chicks in. I bought a lot of chicks there. That's you, what I was going to say have? is the weird thing I've bought. Yep. Yeah, I love chicks. So, uh, little, little duck chicks and little yep. chicken chicks, ducklings and chicks. Oh, man, they're so cute and so... Super cute. They, did you know you can also order them through the mail from Tractor Supply? I did. I know now. Why yep. would a human being want to... Uh... I don't know. Uh, one year for the chickens we were getting, we just ordered them from Tractor Supply and uh, they came in the mail, which was really, really weird. I don't think we thought through how they were going to get there. Yeah. Do they dose them and then... <laughs> no, they're so small. They just put them in a little box and... And they like, just... there's enough air and... Yeah, they just ship them to you. It's really weird. I, and I think probably pretty cruel. Probably. I like, mean, I would not do that now. I would no. not order chickens from the internet. No, like, like insects from the internet... Feel like that's an okay. Like, like there's very little moral things applied to insects. Like, I feel like you know, if you wanted mm. like, I don't know, uh, ladybugs or something like that for your garden, get them by the hundred thousand. Yeah. And maybe, yep. and maybe like reptiles, uh, like certain reptiles. I could see it. Yeah, yeah. but like. Chicks. chicks is weird though i don't know maybe it's just the warm-bloodedness of them i'm just like i'm just like no just, they they come in something looking like an egg carton almost, yeah. which somehow seems fucked up that seems morbid yeah i don't know but enough of that weird um <laughs> tangent we we should probably thank jean claude for yes, recommending you, this Jean-Claude. week's minute uh keeping it classy as always yep if you want to help keep the podcast classy you can support us by reviewing us on itunes or wherever you download it or uh, just send us some classy minutes. That'd be a good time. Yep. You can email us at theminutepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at MinutePod. Find us on Facebook. Or just know who we are. Talk to us that way. <laughs> Could do. Uh, as always, hosted by Paul Reberg and John Ward. Produced by John Ward. Theme music by Paul Reberg. Thank you, and we will see you next week for our holiday episode. Thank you. Holy crap, you made it to the end, we'll be back next week to do it all again. Until then, be well and be sure to take a minute. The Minute Podcast.